Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo. And I am Matthew Walker. And the triumphant return of Matthew Walker. You yep. were you were out for a couple it wasn't quite two weeks, but for a little while. Yeah. Have a little traveling and a little conferencing and a little getting away from Orlando Touristville. It's always good for the soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it all went well, I trust. It did. The conference was you always go to co- Christian conferences and people are like, we're like family. And you're like, yeah, family that fights sometimes. Mm-hmm. But this one, it was good because like, there was a lot of people that saw me that I, I missed last year. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's good to have you back. We missed you. And you actually felt you believed it, you know. So it was good. It was really good. I'm sorry. I've, I've completely, uh, how rude of me. We are joined in the room by Mr. Bill Nance. He's, uh, he's sitting in on the show today. Not quite as a as a interactor, he, but as a spectator. He's behind the scenes. Yeah. That's where he likes to be. He's <laughs> he's embarrassed that we even mentioned his name. <laughs> well, our show for today, <laughs> our topic. Uh, well, you kind of picked this one. Uh, I had some stuff set up, but yeah, you always have great topics. Always, Lewis has got this list of probably fifteen topics, and he adds to it weekly, and they're great. You know. Um, but this one just popped into my head, and he's always amiable to you know to new topics or whatever. So this one just popped up, and I thought it would be worthwhile. It's a fair one because as I've thought about what we do, you know, and, and what we have done with the episode so far, with last week's episode with with Gina with with my wife, a lot of it has been kind of. To a degree, complaining, <laughs> <laughs> or just our frustrations or oh, yeah. issues, okay, being Christian in the world, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, which is what the podcast is about. But one thing we don't do of enough is actually share our faith, yeah, or, or our walk. I mean, we do share our walk, but not beyond the surface of what it's like to live. Yeah. There. So, yeah, that that was the topic inception, which is we've been real enough, we've been vulnerable enough. We need to remember to discuss our relationship with Christ and, and where we're at, etc. Yeah. And then we may do these periodically, too, as kind of a uh, checking in, I guess. Oh, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, if it's <clears throat> any indicator of my Christian walk, there have been times where I've been on fire, and then there are times where I'm just, like, burnt out, you know. I'm, I'm having one of those weeks where I'm feeling a little, little yeah. bit burnt out. So, but hopefully that doesn't skew things <laughs> too wildly when we discuss this today. But all right, let's start. Okay. So, do you believe humanity in general or as a whole are good, is good or bad? And don't take into account what the word says. You know, if you read the Bible, it'll, and, and and this is uh, Christ Christ's words that you know there's only one good good one, and that's right. the, that's the Lord, that's God. Yeah. So. Beyond just that statement, where do you stand on that question? I, you know, I think the statement comes to my mind when somebody, when people are left to themselves, mm-hmm. they they will eventually devolve. You know, and there, I think it's like this: it's like the world of the world revolves around this one statement. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's very few people who are just so altruistic and so giving that they're just giving, giving, giving. Um, mm-hmm. To people, um, so for me, I'd say it's a mix of both. I don't necessarily. I, I think people have a propensity for good, but mm-hmm. I also think that if the situation is right, 
that people will fudge the truth or people will fudge the good thing, you mm-hmm. know, they'll be bad, you know. Um, and I even, like, I remember being early into my Christian walk, like when somebody at the store would give me extra change back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew she'd given me extra change back. Like there was something in my spirit. I was like, I have to give this change back to her. And it was like, it was almost like the law was reverberating in my mind. Right. But then there were things like, uh, if, you know, somebody, somebody dropped $20 at SeaWorld and anybody else would have just picked it up and gone. And I took the money to lost and found. <laughs> and they're like, you're an idiot. And I was like, no, if, if the money's still there in two weeks or whenever, you know, it's mine. And and I didn't think that was legalistic at all. I just felt like I don't want to be tempted by things that are outside God's will for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to things that I know are for, for me from God, like right. I don't want to be greedy. Like get, being greedy with the things, like sometimes God provides for me just just what I need. And then I'll see something else and I get greedy and I want that right, too. I want, I want. You know, so I, for me... I believe I believe that given the right situation, people will be good. But given a situation that they could go either way, I think sometimes the propensity for bad is a temptation. Right. I, uh, when thinking about this today, because I reread the questions, I mm-hmm. wrote them down. I sent them to you, but I hadn't looked at them since. And yeah. I was looking at them today, and I was kind of tired, but I wanted to have an idea of what how I would answer or, or where I stood. And I was thinking, well, how is a child born, you know, and obviously, your a child's brain hasn't developed, right? So you you don't have a, a pure sense of identity or personality. But are they born good? Are they born evil? Yeah, etc. And I would think, for the most part, mankind, humankind, is good, with the exception of you know, unfortunately, broken individuals that are that are born either mentally unstable or. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know the the John Wayne Gacy's of the world, or the, oh, the yeah. Ted Bundy's of the world. People yeah. That aren't, that well, and just... and those those gentlemen came out of brokenness. You know, those gentlemen came their situation and their environment kind of shaped them. You know, right, but they yeah. just didn't it have the boundaries. It's not you so know? much that they were born that way. But, yeah. You know, it's almost you you kind of question yourself. Well, were they destined to end up that way? Yeah. You wonder. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for the most part, mankind or humankind is is good. Then I started thinking about myself mm-hmm. and uh, what kind of kid I was growing up. Yeah. And I I don't think I was especially apart. A I wasn't taking advantage of opportunities. Apart opportunistic. <laughs> this is where <laughs> opportunistic. <laughs> yeah. This is where my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> tries to cross over okay. with my English. I will be your translator. With, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, th- I know the word. I can spell it out for you. Yeah. For whatever reason, it doesn't come out right. Right. That's anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't especially that way, but I thought to myself, well, yeah, I could probably try to um, unknowingly push for a situation. Like right. If, like if you're mm-hmm. at Walgreens, if you're at the the you know the 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 grocery store try to take advantage of your parent of your mom oh yeah to say oh hey you know here's a you know a comic book or here's ice cream or or a piece of candy right and not that that's a bad or evil thing but the motivation is almost uh, underhanded 
you know, where where you're doing something that you kind of knowing knowingly know is wrong, you know. Right. So. Well, and that immaturity in a child is one thing, but immaturity that's not grown out of and matured from in an adult mm-hmm. is pretty ugly, you know. But even at that age, you know, at the younger age, yeah. you kind of see that. And you're more innocent at that age, too. But yeah, you see the seeds of it. Especially, it evolves into something else sometimes, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I, I know for me, just real quick, like, my family situation was kind of crazy. And I, my mom was bipolar. My dad was kind of distant. And my brother was broken as well. And so... Mm-hmm. I was out of control as this little kid that didn't talk. So the only way for me to control that situation was food. And so I would get to a place where my mom would tell my dad, we have to eat at a certain time or he won't eat. And I would just not eat. But that was the only control that I had. I wasn't able to control anybody else in the house. You wouldn't eat as a response to to, to try to have control. To try to have control of the situation. Because that was the only moment in my family Mm -hmm. that they – I had control. So if they didn't eat at a certain time, I wouldn't eat and I would sort of keep them, you know, grab them by the throat, so to speak, um, because there was no other areas of my life that were in control in that house. And so for me, I manipulated the situation a lot of times because I didn't like feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you grow up and you keep doing things like that to manipulate people where you feel um, that you're out of control and you want to regain a sense of control, I think that can be something, you know, it's manipulation in and mm-hmm. of itself but it used to be a survival technique but now it was more of a manipulation so anyway right, yeah, yeah. we're yeah what's the next one uh if there are good people then why need jesus beyond being saved and and i'm thinking of this one today uh well no i'm jumping ahead i'm sorry Let, let's let's go into that question okay go ahead so yeah if there are good people, then why need Jesus beyond being saved? And that's, you know, of course, the belief that through the the, the, the sacrifice of Christ, mm-hmm. we are brought into good standing with God. You know, the sin is overlooked, etc. Right. So, why need Christ if there are good people? Well, good only, good only gets you so far. And good's not... Good is one of those things, I think, that's... Like it's opportunistic. Will good work here or will bad work here? What do I need for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and as far as, um, you know, the world needs Jesus because there is sin. No matter how, no matter how you, how good you are, um, there's still the sin nature that we're born into because we are born into mm-hmm. sin. Um, and so we could be as good as we need to. You know, I, I used to work with this guy that was, does the, perfect guy Mm -hmm. like everything was going well for him he was really nice to everybody just everything was going well but at the core he was just a normal average everyday guy and he didn't Mm -hmm. know christ like if he had known christ like i I think the good that he was the good person that he was would have been amplified and would have been would have been able to be used to win more people to christ or to win more people to um you know to salvation in christ because there are guys like him you know, there are right. guys like Kevin, and then there are guys that aren't like that. And so I, I realized that the good people like Kevin, people follow him. People want to be like him. Mm-hmm. And so they may not, but if Kevin is living for Christ, then he's going to evaluate. He's going to probably try to evaluate every aspect of his life. So he's not only living a good life now, he's living a life that is holy and sanctified, set apart mm-hmm. from the stuff of the world. And so 
somebody like that is a light and a beacon. Um, but in and of itself, we can't be good on our own. Like they, you know, the Bible provides a standard for goodness. The Bible provides a standard for holiness. Right. And there may be stuff that people disagree with nowadays, but, but for me, um, you know, I needed Jesus to kind of be that light and that standard and that, that dot on the horizon to aim for because mm-hmm. I could try to be good my whole life. But good is not, good is not something that's going to get me into heaven. You know, right? Yeah. Well, this—that's my thought. It's—it's it's a difficult question. I didn't. No, no. It, it's a fact, very difficult question. I didn't answer it uh, to the best of my ability, but that's where my knowledge base is, right well, there. And in fact, I don't think I really had an answer for it. Because oh, great. Well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, all right. I'll tell you the yeah. motivation behind. Okay. This. Is. Um, I talk about my coworker a lot, the tailor that works at yeah. our shop. Yeah. And even Gina, and you know, because we talk about our day, we she gets home, she tells me how I went, and I tell her how, how my day went. Yeah. Her, I can't help but think of Kramer <laughs> <laughs> talking to Seinfeld about, you, you know what marriage is like? She comes in and she tells her, how was your day? <laughs> and then you tell her, well, how was your day? <laughs> and it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining about my marriage. Right. I'm actually happy we communicate. Oh, we're complaining again. <laughs> no. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, we talk about our coworkers. Not we're not talking behind the backs. That's yeah, yeah, you discuss them. We discuss our day. Yeah, and, and you know the interactions. And when talking about our faith with our coworkers, more often than not, what I go through and what she goes through is that she has a lot of people that she knows in her workplace that are really good people. And I've yeah. met these people too. Yeah. She's met the people that I work with and we would both say these are good people. Generally good people. Yeah. They're not believers. And Gina's really good at, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is uh, witnessing. Mm-hmm. But me, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I can be accused of it. I kind of massage the situation a little better to try to feel it out and see if it if it warrants going that route. Yeah. At, at whatever point. But she always says, well, you know, there's... The more often than not, these are people that she'll tell about Christ to and, you know, the church. And they say, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I tried that out. But, you know, either they had a falling out with the church. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, they never went and they just... They don't see the point to it. Right. So if you can be good without it, then how do you how do you tell somebody, well, this is worthwhile? And, you know, the, I think the clear answer is always relational. Right. Because um, when you have something higher than yourself, you know, in this case, Christ yeah. or God, you have a different focus. You have something... Uh, beyond yourself to look up to and that's not and i'm not calling these people people egomaniacs because that's not what it is either but right when you have a higher purpose when you have like a like a a special directive in a sense you know yeah it it pushes you or propels you forward to being that much more right there's there's balance there's you affect more people Mm -hmm. you know i i was on the phone with netflix last night for an hour Mm -hmm. and it at some point, the lady's like, I'm sorry this happened. I said, you know what? I said, it's just par for the course that I just take situations as they come because God uses every situation. And she kind of chuckled, you know, like an awkward chuckle. But right. but even being on the phone, I was on the phone with them for an hour. I was on chat with them for an hour trying to fix my TV. 
And at the end of it, she gave me like a free month of Netflix. And I was like, well, maybe that was the bonus. Maybe talking with these two people was the bonus. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I've stopped, not in every situation, but I've stopped trying to look at situations as things are happening to me, Mm -hmm. but that things are happening for me. And, And even... Just the situation today, I picked up some stuff for our minister garage sale, Mm -hmm. and I was able to take one of the things that was given to me and bless another guy that doesn't know Christ. Mm -hmm. And and I told him, I said, see, God always provides, you know, and and just being able to share that with somebody who's good, basically good, but they're just lost, you know, and and it's that if, if good is your, if good is your dot on the horizon, it's very different than if Jesus is your dot on the horizon, you know. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I know my mom, she always was a good person, but when bad stuff would happen to her, mm-hmm. she just it threw her off. So good can't be a savior because bad stuff, you know, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, but good is not that, good doesn't give you peace. Good is sometimes a bad master. Right, it's it's you not know? really a foundation. Yeah, the, it's not. that's it. Around. It's not a foundation. Right. So. All right, so... To put in our, our more personal life experience. Should we cue the sad music now? <laughs> <Da-na>. <laughs> well, I don't know that we've ever actually done our testimonies. or. Yeah. I mean, we've shared enough about our lives. But, yeah. And this isn't really a testimony show, but, you know, here's, a, here's the question is, how did you come to know Christ personally, or when was the first time you spoke to him? Yeah. Um, I, I think my first time was... Um, I was raised in Assembly of God Church, so mm-hmm. basically the the messages were a lot of hellfire and damnation every week. So I got saved every week for for ten years. Um, but no, like the first time that I really felt uh, <clears throat> that I gave my heart to Christ and that I asked for forgiveness of my sin, and it was at a church camp mm-hmm. when I was ten years old, and just the. I don't know, like when you feel the presence of God and when you feel the Spirit of God, like it's just different than you felt before. And it's like this, I don't know, it's its its like a peace. It's like you feel like everything is good with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that, you know, God and Jesus don't always come with feelings. But at that moment, I was 10 years old and I gave my heart and life to Christ and... Um, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, which, you know, speaking in tongues, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people have a problem with that, but it was, it was the religion I was, you know, the religion I was raised with. And so that all happened. And that was the moment that Christ put a deposit in my life. Mm-hmm. But there was all this baggage that I was carrying with me that I didn't immediately get rid of. And, you know, and and when you have all that baggage, you know, I think sometimes people have the idea that when you come to Christ, everything's supposed to be perfect with the world. But That's it's the not. Beginning. Yeah. Right. But so that baggage kind of kept me away from God off and on until I was 27. Mm-hmm. And at 27, you know, my life of doing what I felt like I was supposed to do and trying to be a good person and all that, it just, you know, like the world kind of pulled me down and I didn't feel the same way that I did when I was 10. I I knew the truth about God. I knew the truth about the Bible, but it wasn't until the age of 27 that I said, okay, I know the truth Mm -hmm. and I know the life that I've led. And I know that it, that things are always better with Christ as the, the lead, uh, the leader of your life. And Mm so at 27 years old is when I moved back home. Um, and 
worked on my relationship with God for a whole year, just focused on him and listen to podcasts. I mean, no, not podcasts, because there was no such thing. Listen to radio shows. You were a little ahead of the curve there. Uh-huh. I was a little ahead of the curve. Yeah, back in the back in the 90s. Um, no, radio shows and preachers on the radio, like I could not get enough. And, mm-hmm. and I liken that nowadays to people that have their favorite show on Netflix or whatever, and they won't miss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though the, the entire second season of The Walking Dead was horrible, you know, I think Helen Keller wrote it. I mean, it was it was the worst anyway you know um and you can watch on youtube where they show you that the walking dead season two was just really bad like people stuck with it and now how many seasons later is it and so Mm -hmm. with me i can never say that statement i tried god and it didn't work or i tried church and it didn't work because if you actually do try god and if you actually do commit to him and not to church and not to people but if you give god the opportunity to work in your life he will work in your life and Mm -hmm. so that whole thing about Oh, I tried it. it that's, you know, that's just something people say to relieve themselves of guilt. Mm-hmm. But for me, he made the deposit at the age of 10, and then at 27 years old, you know, that's when I finally got serious with God. And I wish, I wish, I wish I'd gotten serious sooner. Um, there's a lot of my life that I, you know, all through college and things like that, that I, that I won't get back, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's my experience no no yeah I, I, I'm reminded of um, uh, what's this guy's name from uh, Financial Peace University uh, Dave Ramsey Dave Ramsey yeah he uh, he's got a saying and it's about the class and I think he means it in both you know Christian terms and also financial terms <coughs> but he says we're not in the business of selling instant bake ovens we're in the business of selling crock pots oh yeah but these are things that take time you know yeah and I, I always like that statement because, you know, it's not, it's not a sticker. You just peel it and you pull it on, and yeah, okay, well, great. It it does take a lot of work. Yeah, God has to unpack all the baggage that you've packed up over mm-hmm. the years, you know, and and He doesn't, He doesn't send you through a spiritual car wash. He He peels away the layers that you've laid down. But the other thing is, God doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of behaviors that I I did in my old life that God just sort of. Um, he washed those behaviors off, and there's, there's a, there's a heavenly side to every, you know, to every bad thing that we've done. I believe, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the Bible even says that that that, um, I think it's in Joel. It's somewhere in Joel, but it talks about he will restore the years the locusts have eaten, um, and back in the day it meant the right. crops, you know. But but for me, like God restored so many things. There there's time that I can't get back but there's experiences that God has redeemed which was always amazing so what about you well for me um like we I grew up in a in a Christian household Uh and I say that you know with air quotes here because my mom believed and we were raised to believe and yeah God and, and, and Christ but we knew that and we took it for what it was we took it as truth but the the personal investment into it didn't come until later. And I remember um, going to Catholic school back in Puerto Rico, and this was like maybe third grade. Mm-hmm. Third grade being kind of a pivotal point for me in, in a lot of ways. And at this school, we had religion class. Yeah. Because, you know, it was Catholic school. So it's part of the curriculum. Um, but I'm learning and getting a deeper understanding, and okay, this is how it happened, etc. And I can remember... Uh, 
uh, I think it was for Easter or something, we got a figurine of, of, of baby Jesus. So, okay, I take it home, and, and I knew this, you know, this is our Lord and Savior in baby form. Mm-hmm. So I, had, I put it away in, in, a, uh, in a drawer, and, uh, and I held it there, and I, I remember sometimes I would open the drawer, and I would look at baby Jesus. <laughs> And you talk and, to him. No, no, Hello, I Hello, baby Jesus. Do you need more light? <laughs> and I would just think, okay, this is, this is our Lord and Savior. And okay, you know. Well, oh, okay. Myself and okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, that was how I got my understanding of Christ. I knew the story now. But it took me, I got awfully sick one time. Uh, I was uh, super dehydrated and I couldn't keep anything down. And I've always been kind of deathly afraid of going to the doctor. And, okay. You know, needles. I can't. I still can't deal with needles very well. But I was home, and uh, and I, I felt. <laughs> I look back on the story in a, in a way I kind of hold off on saying it because I wonder if people think, well, if your mom was really irresponsible because she should have just dragged your butt to the hospital. But yeah, uh, I think she knew my fear too, and, and you know there was a hope there, but. I felt like I was at death's door yeah. this one night, uh, feeling so weak that I could barely lift my arm, and I was sitting there, and I was in this, you know, cold state. And I remember that was the first time I called out to, to Christ. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, let's see if you're real. If you're really there, God, and I'm talking to you, and I remember mm-hmm. praying, and I prayed until I fell asleep. Uh you know, I need you now more than ever, and, and, and if you're there, I really need you now. Yeah. And I woke up, and, you know, I'm not going to say I was fully healed, but I woke up. Better. So much better. Like, yeah. I could actually get up out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't dehydrated. I could actually get up, and I and I, I didn't actually end up going to the hospital after that. But I, I'm quite certain that I was, you know practically at death's door I could right. feel it you know right. just, it's like you feel your spirit giving giving away and and yeah that was that was the first time I recall calling out to Christ and I I like to say that was the moment I got saved or that was the moment I accepted Christ into my life because the belief was there but also I went through the the, the process the stage of uh, saying you know the, the salvation prayer yeah so but I, I count it all back to that because I remember that was when I finally began to speak to Christ yeah in my mind or as I walked or in prayer and prayer being not just oh God you know our Holy Father right, God in heaven, right. but just actually speaking <clears throat> to him daily and the relationship began there yeah there were there were plenty of times where um <laughs> open one. Go open the dishwasher, or it's gonna keep okay, beeping. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, there were plenty of times that uh, I was living my crazy life. You know, I didn't start my crazy life at ten years old because ten year olds can't really start a crazy life, at least in Oklahoma. Uh, but from from the age of ten to like seventeen, I think there was a lot of rebellion, and there was a lot of like, when I get out of here, turn eighteen, I'm gonna leave, and right. I'm gonna whatever. But like, there was plenty of time where. I could remember the weirdest scriptures. One of the scriptures I remember, and I think I'd said this before, was in the last days, this Bible talks about, in the last days the moon will turn to blood or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'd look up 
sometimes I'd be out partying and the moon would be red and I would think, oh my God, I've been left behind. And so I'd call my dad uh-huh. and when he'd answer, I'd hang up the phone because I knew that if he's know, not gone, then if I'm he's not gone, I'm good. Yeah. So, but there were so many times that I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing, but I always prayed and whatever desperation prayers there were. And God was always moving. And even when I wasn't say even when i wasn't a, walking the christian walk i still like paid my tithes to the church because i knew i, I knew that was something that god had called us to do mm-hmm. now i knew god had also called us not to have sex before marriage but that was a little fuzzy for me well, you know yeah. yeah we struggle with yeah. certain things more than <laughs> others yeah. yeah but but god even in my all my journals like god used my own handwriting against me you know because when i'd say god is not there and he he would tell me go read your journals mm-hmm. i am there and you've written it in your own hand and you know i have never heard god speak audibly but i know that he speaks in my mind that i hear the words of my mind there mm-hmm. was when i first walked out of homosexuality i was in a store and this the manager in the store and i locked eyes and i had moved home i was in the store uh, the guy kept staring at me. I kept staring at him, and I walked up to him and introduced myself. And the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? And it was just like that was my last final breaking moment. Mm-hmm. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was a voice that was you know, telling me, you didn't move home for this. You didn't move 700 miles to keep doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and And now my relationship with God, not perfect because of me. I'm not the perfect part. But, like, a couple days ago, I thought, I was looking at the stuff we have here at the house, and I was like, I need a storage cabinet, and I built it in my head. This is exactly what I need. Mm -hmm. The next day, the same storage cabinet that I built in my head was on the Internet for $25. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. And a lot of people say, oh, that's coincidence or whatever. No, God provides for people. God provides. I don't think you have to be a Christian for God to provide for you because I think – once you do become saved or, or you do develop a relationship with God, he will remind you of how he provided for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he provides for me all the time like that. And so, you know, I was thinking this earlier. You can be good and you can work hard and you can spend your money and get the things you want. Mm-hmm. But there are more times than not that I haven't had money for something or I want to charge something on a card. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Holy Spirit says, wait, and he provides it. He provides it in his time with his salary and, you know, and like there's so many times that I've given stuff away that people have then given me stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's not like God, this cosmic cash machine, but God, there are, there are benefits to serving God, you know, and there's sometimes detriments too, because you can't do the things that the world does. Um, you know, like I had a guy that wanted to move here in the house and he asked if his girlfriend could spend the night on occasion. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm losing $600 a month, but I can't, I can't condone, you know, letting the guy bring his girlfriend over because, uh, I just, I don't agree with that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because I lived that life, you know? And so I said, no, I took a stand and, and told him why. Uh, and then he said, okay, that's cool. We just won't do it. And he moved in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes living for God, you have to give up things that the rest of the world would be like, nah, that's okay. I'll take the money. Yeah. Well, so I, that was a bit of a tangent. No, no, because that, that almost exactly answers the next bullet point, which is, you know, has has knowing Christ and trying to follow his commandments change your life? Has it made you any better or worse? 
And, you know, you kind of just answered it. It's made me better, but it's made me angry some days, too. Because I'm like, you don't understand, Lord. That, that, that's a lot of money. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's not what I have for you, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I just, I wrestle with that, you know. And, like, buying lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. I sometimes buy a lottery ticket and hope I win. But I'm like, would that change me? Would that make me not rely on God so much? And like there are days that I love relying on God because he surprises me and because he's, you know, the Bible says he's a, he's a father and he's a good father. Mm-hmm. Um, and my father was a good father. He wasn't great, but God is a ever present, always there. Even when you don't feel like he's there, he's a good father. And mm-hmm. I don't want anything to intersect or interrupt our relationship. You know, and I think having a huge amount of money, I just start providing for myself. Right. Rather than, because when God uses, when God provides for people, he uses other people mm-hmm. and it draws people together and um, it bonds us together as humans and uh, as family and we get to share God. And, and I do have that moment like you. I'm like, when it comes to witnessing, I'm like, should I share this here or not? Mm-hmm. Will they think I'm crazy? And I've gotten to the point where I may never see these people again. I don't care what they think about me. Right. But I've gotta, I've gotta be me, and not be that Christian that comes in and can't stand. You know, I, I, I anyway, the <laughs> the ones that come in and they're just like, I'm full of the joy of the Lord today, brother. I'm just blessed beyond. And I'm like, nobody's like that. I'm sorry. I, maybe they are, and it's just not me. Oh know? no, yeah, I've learned. I've learned to understand that, uh, and and I think that's also in your and I, na- our nature. Yeah. That we were watching a TV show yesterday, Gina and I. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, what's it called? Uh, Seven Hundred Club. No, no, no. <laughs> good, good lord. No. Uh, we were watching World of Dance. Oh, World of Dance. Oh, yeah. One of these competitions. Oh, okay. I don't know how. Yeah. That's another another conversation. (laughs) I don't know how the heck this happened. Now we're watching that and America's Got Talent. And so you think you can dance? I really don't like these competitions. I I can't wait for the gong show. Yeah. Because that's like my version of America's Not Got Talent, you know. But we're immersed in these now. Oh, we and I, are. And I can't yeah. stop watching them. And that's exactly why I don't have cable in my house. It's bad enough to have Netflix, but yeah. I just don't, yeah. But anyway. Anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah, go we're ahead. watching the show, and the, there's these two girls who are dancing. Both of them at the different performances, and we both definitely have a favorite over the other. Okay. And I told Gina why. You know, one of them is actually a superior dancer, but the other one is just, so she smiles too much. <laughs> she's too happy I don't like her no I just I don't trust the smile too often uh, okay it's like a veneer right I, yeah when I when I know a person long enough I can tell when they're smiling for real or when they're smiling for politeness or when they're smiling because it tastes they're like, constipated yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but, I, did you see the, I just watched Hancock have you ever seen Hancock yeah, yeah, the movie yeah. his smile uh huh that's the smile that, like, sometimes I want to give people because I'm just like, Ugh. Right. <laughs> but, oh. yeah, I, why did I even bring this up? I don't know. We're off topic. Are no, we no, off topic? No, no, there was, there, was a, there was a point to it. Okay. Which is... The smile people. Right. The, yeah. The, the happy people. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I think we can both say Christ has definitely changed our lives and he's changed it for the better. Yeah, that doesn't mean we don't go through the difficulties of life. Yeah, he didn't there. give me a lobotomy so that every day is amazing. 
but he did but he did try to get me not to say hateful things to people and not to do things that I have to apologize for mm-hmm. and to think before I speak. You know, don't speak out in my anger. But there's still some aspect of humanity. Right. I didn't get like a download of happy all the time. But and, and that's where that that was the point I was trying to make, which yeah. is I've learned that there are people that are just that happy. Well, and I'm happy for them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that is not me. No, yeah. no, and it's, and it's not. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a miserable human being. No, I'm not either. I, I'd say for me, I'm just more. I'm real, and I, I don't have a Botox face when it comes to idiocy. You know, no, but when it comes to the world, sometimes I react. Uh, well, all right. All this is to say that yeah, the joy of the Lord is present in. Different people in different ways. Yeah, and it holds me back when I shouldn't speak, mm-hmm. you know. And it definitely, it definitely takes off that edge because I I grew up thinking everybody was out to get me, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, well, if you're out to get me, you know, God will take care of me. So whatever. Right. You know. All right. What's the next one? The next one <laughs> is once I open my iPhone, of course, because this thing keeps logging me out. Uh, what is your greatest downfall, or the catalyst of that downfall? When turning to your own ways or strengths, ideas, instead of turning to Christ? Uh, he usually always uses my car or my finances. Like I, I, I remember one specific incident where I just paid off a credit card, $750. Mm-hmm. And then my dad always told me, check the levels of fluid in your car, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. I'm like, whatever. It'll be fine. So I drove my car to my boyfriend's house. This is a long time ago. This wasn't last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove my car to my boyfriend's house and blew the engine. And the engine was $749 to replace. So I just paid off the credit card. And, and it's not, God was not punishing me for being gay, <laughs> but I was being rebellious. I was going to go visit my boyfriend no matter what. I wasn't going to check the levels of my car. And that $750 I just paid off you know, yeah, yay, I had the money yeah. to pay, mm-hmm. but boo, I could have done things differently. So God's kind of always allowed the stupid mistakes that I've made to show me, you know, this was probably the wrong direction. You know, the first gay bar I went to. Right, I knew that's I, the immediate thing I was thinking of is he's <laughs> getting this dang brick thrown through your Yeah, I got a, a huge boulder thrown through my yeah. car. And so it's always been my car. And so, you know... um, but I, I don't think God was out to get me, but God was out to, to steer me away from the direction right. I was going. But it, he's always allowed my finances and my car to kind of keep me safe. And, and mm-hmm. when I worked for SeaWorld Texas, my apartment was six miles from the house. Mm-hmm. Guess how far my, my truck would go? Six miles before it overheated. And you'd put water in it, you'd put antifreeze in it. And I was basically sequestered from work to a, yeah i couldn't go anywhere and and it kept me safe mm-hmm. and if i tried to push it like i'd just have to stay at the restaurant i went to if i went there you know it can only be within six miles of my house and so he yeah i i thank god that he kept me safe the mm-hmm. way that he did and i just wish i would have learned the lessons a little quicker and i wouldn't have had to gone through all that you know i uh i asked that question because as I, as I was trying to put all this together, yes, I started to realize I've always claimed it's it's my um, frustration or anger that caused me to have a downfall. Yeah, but true that's story. Not, yeah, that's not. I mean, it is true and it's not. Yeah, for me, I was agreeing. So right. go ahead. But 
it it goes almost even deeper than that. Yeah. Where, when I'm in a good place. Yeah. When I'm happy, when I am, and I guess that's kind of being led by emotions, which is a bad thing to do anyway. But when I'm in a good place, and things are going right, and I am, I have enough provision, I have enough, everything's going right, I forget. Forgetfulness is probably my greatest catalyst or downfall. Uh, okay. Because, you know, you, I, I, I had periods of time where I was like David, you know, King mm-hmm. David of the Bible, yeah. where it's like, should I do this? Well, let me ask the Lord. Should I do that? Well, let me ask the Lord. Yeah. And then I go through periods where I'll go a full stinking month making a decision. My I got decision. this. Yeah, I got this, God. Yeah. Thanks for your help. I don't need it right now. Right. Because I got this. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to be dismissive there. No. Way. It just, yeah. I forgot. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. And it's, and it's awful. It's awful to do that because I've, I've realized that's probably, remember how we started the podcast and I'm telling you, yeah, you know, I'm having one of those yeah. crappy times right now. And I think most of that is because... Hey, you forgot to pick up your Bible today, you know. Yeah. And, and you forgot to read in the morning like you normally do, or you forgot to pray today, you know, before you go into work. Yeah. And forgetfulness seems to be like that. Yeah. And, okay, so the other morning, like I woke up and I wanted to start eating better that day and I wanted to cut out on caffeine and, and soda and all that. I just, I weighed myself. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. So... That morning, I woke up, and it was just like the Holy Spirit knew what I had planned. Mm-hmm. He, he, I had talked about it with friends, and I knew that was the day to start. And the Holy Spirit just met me when I woke up and was like, hey, maybe you should pray over this mm-hmm. or, or pray over this. Let me start the day for you because otherwise these cravings are going to be there. It's going to be difficult. And I was like, you know what? It's exactly what I should do, and I did. And the day went well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that five days from now I'm not going to try to gnaw somebody's arm off, right. but I'm not. I'm not depriving myself of food. I'm eating better things right, better. and things that aren't good for me. But it was like starting a diet is like starting a savings plan, you know, mm-hmm. um, and 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 not necessarily a diet, but just a better way of eating. But the Holy Spirit knew what the desire of my heart was, and and was there for that moment to try to prepare me and and i think that you know i do want to be the man like david god is this for me is this not for me and you know there there was a period where i went on a couple of trips and i knew they were just me going Mm -hmm. on the trips and so there was one year i said god just whatever trips you give me this year Mm -hmm. is the exact trips that i'm going to take and i got to go to brazil i got to go to hawaii and both were free trips Mm -hmm. and i was like Maybe I should do this every year, and I've never done it since. I'll be honest with you. I've never done that since because it was like either I had the money to provide for myself or I didn't go anywhere or it was all there, and you're exactly right. We forget how good the Lord is, and he's not – our relationship with Jesus is not put him on the shelf until you need him. Right. You know, he's not a treatment. He's a way of life, you know. And which is specifically why there was that line of question. Yeah. Which is, all right, you're good. We try to be good. We choose to have Christ. You may be good and you don't choose to have Christ. But let me show <coughs> you how I can still try to be good. I don't have Christ and I still feel like crap. Yeah. Because well, and- you come to the realization that you, you're trying to be self-sufficient and that's not the way it should be. Because right. you're not living right that way. 
Well, and, and people may always be good, but the enemy is always bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we're doing the whole concept of Christianity, there is an enemy that hates everything about God. And if we're created in the image of God, not if, we are created, created in the image of God. And so no matter how good we try to be, the enemy is always going to try to distract us from things of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I would say that, you know, I, I'd say no matter how good we try to be, the enemy's always going to come against us, right. no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. The, and that, that scripture, there's a scripture that says, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ Jesus has come so that we have life and life more abundantly. More abund- right. and, and, I mean, I find scriptures all the time that apply to certain areas of my life, but I don't find them unless I'm going to the Bible to, right. to pull them in. Actively seeking and, them. Yeah, actively seeking them out. Mm-hmm. Well... We always like to try to give a little bit of advice, not that we're experts or anything, but um, I kind of had one last one. I don't know if I should even ask it, but... Yeah, ask it. Why uh, not? Does humanity need Christ to operate and work as a society? Can there be... Can there be a society? Can there be a world? Can there be world governments? Can there be money? Can there be shopping malls can people do what they do without Christ being present yeah it's living a world of distractions mm-hmm. I, they can live it and probably live it well because they will you know my mom always used to say this and I think it's an old saying but you put your nose to the grindstone and it's sort of like you just pour yourself into your work mm-hmm. and you don't see anything else and and I think I think a society like that will get things done mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll do anything well I don't think they'll do anything long long term, you know. They may do stuff that's good for this earth, but you know, the Bible talks about when you're a Christian, you're a citizen of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so you're laying up treasure for yourself in heaven, not here on earth. And so I have no doubt that there'll be ups and downs, ebbs and flows, that everybody will get everything done, but without Jesus in the mix, why do any of it, you know? Right. That's my thought. And that's I mean that's Basing Christ, basing Jesus, basing basing yeah. God as the ultimate good. You'll you'll get and, you'll get through life. Yeah, yeah. But at the end, what will you have to show for it? No, I I, I think of Wally. You know the movie oh, Wally. Oh, the little Wally, yeah. Wally and Eva. But the 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 colony or the space colony. Yeah. And essentially, that's life. Sure, it works. And we got robots to take care of everything. You know? Yeah. But, and we all up in, end up a bunch of fat slags. Yeah. Not even that. It's just you know. It's like purposeful, purposeless. Yeah. You're just waiting to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, what what advice would you give to a non-believer that doesn't understand the use of Jesus Christ and God in life? Gosh, um, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I'm I, gonna I, give some yeah. prompts. Yeah. Because we were talking about this earlier. And, yeah. And you were. It's my. It's probably my greatest weakness. Yeah. Is that when I witness or when I share Christ or when I share my yeah. beliefs, you know, I do so in a almost subvertive way because I'm I'm testing the waters and I want to see how you'll react before before you put yourself out there. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't want to. It makes me sound manip- manipulative, but I'm not trying to be. I just I I try to be gentle about it. I don't want to be force it. Yeah. But I'm reminded of a moment specifically 
coming back from a re- youth retreat. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I was in the front of the bus on our way back from uh, Daytona. Mm-hmm. And and Jean Miller is at the very front of the bus, and she starts talking to the driver. So you're, you know, friendly conversation. Yeah. Her. But she kind of point blank asks him, hey, do you, you know, do you believe in Christ? That's what yeah. we're doing here, et cetera. And the guy did. But it was point blank. Yeah. It That was it. Yeah. It, She's it, really good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you can, when you can do that, when you can just be all out there about something with somebody, I don't... Does it open up the avenues better yeah. than what I'm trying to do? Is my question, you know? I For me, I have to, I like you, I gauge the situation. I'll talk about my relationship with Christ or God. I'll share what God has done for me. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's that moment of I do a lot of service work. So right. I minister since I walked out of the gay community and because that wasn't for me. I, I walked out of the gay community 18 years ago because Christ called me out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my ministry is to the gay community. But I'm not, I'm not holding a sign on a corner. I'm not telling them they're burning in hell. There's just the way, the same way that God dealt with me while I was gay, and God kept His hand on me, and He wasn't trying to actively punish me. He was showing me love and grace and mercy. Right. I try to do the same thing when I minister to the gay community, and but a lot of how I minister to them is through service. Uh, through if they need things or if they need stuff that is from a human perspective, I never like give things that that uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I never give anything that enhances the homosexual life or or their relationship. I don't give wedding presents. I don't go to weddings, uh, and that's just my personal belief because I don't believe God is is called two men or two women to unite in in, in wedlock, and so I can't support that. Mm-hmm. But if there's something that a person needs. Regardless of who they are, I provide for them through what I've been given. And that's given me an avenue into their lives. Uh, I have neighbors mm-hmm. that they've asked me three or four times why I've decided to do what I do. And I always share with them openly. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been together 30 years, so you're never going to tell them that the gay life is bad. Um, they've found you know, uh, solace and comfort in one another. And mm-hmm. I try not to attack that, but I try to minister to them. I do yard work for them. I, if they need their trash taken out, they're an mm-hmm. older couple. Uh, and so for me, really, it's situational. I think every person that I go to minister to, I, I have God as a guide to show me what I need to do. Right. But I, I think this as far as ministering to people and telling the non-believer, I, I will say this. Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He's mm-hmm. the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and... If Christians or if somebody in that in the Christian world has turned you off, that's not necessarily an adequate representation of Christ. The adequate representation of Christ is love, mercy, uh, joy, peace. It, it, you know, we call them the fruits of the Spirit. But um, getting to a place where uh, you hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and then investigating that, or even if you don't know how to pray, asking Jesus Mm -hmm. to show you who he is, asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. If you get to a point where you're at the end of your rope, suicide's not the answer, Mm -hmm. and and just keep trying on your own is not the answer, turn to God. God 
created us he created this world and if we cry out to him even if you don't believe even if you don't understand god is going to show himself to you in a way that you will understand because he created you on purpose for a purpose and he desires relationship mm-hmm. with you so i mean that's that's the simplest way that i w- could talk to a non-believer not not to try to accuse them not to try to beat them up right. but just to say if everything in your world doesn't make sense or is not going right, or if you just feel like there's something missing, that missing piece is a relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah, and, and that's as plainly as you could put it. Yeah, but, I mean, other than sitting down with somebody, and, and I think that's the other thing for Christians out there. This is not a race to the end. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the time is short, I believe, but but, you know, when you sit with people, hear what they have to say hear where their hurts are and before you pull out the bible pull out your wallet you know Mm -hmm. if somebody needs it that way you will minister to people in the place where they have a need and you will be more endeared to them when it comes to the fact that you're walking a christian walk um this back in the day this guy that i had um i had hooked up with online way back in the day um, I was probably not somebody who would minister to him, but a year and a half, two years later, when we met up, I did not say anything about my Christian walk, and he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, something is different about you. And the only thing that was different was that I had given my heart and life to Christ. I didn't say anything about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just was living the life that God had called me to live, and I was in the Word every day. And so the Holy Spirit almost went before me, to affect this guy's heart and mind mm-hmm. to say there's something different. And that's really just an opener to say, well, here's where I'm at, you know? Right. No, yeah, and, and the only thing I would add on to that yeah. is uh, don't let one bad apple ruin the tree. True. Because, you know, yeah. I, I think most of the time when people, as soon as they hear Christ or they hear the word Christian yeah. or they hear the word church, they immediately think of Westboro Baptist Church or they think of, you know, that their worst on the experience. corner on 192 yeah. that's trying to take their money because they really are trying to take their money because yeah. I was been, I've been there, I know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's not all. Yeah. That's not all of us, you know? Yeah. There's there's people that are actually interested in walking with you and, and giving their time to you and, you know, not preaching down to you the whole time, but actually listening. Well, Pastor Joe used to say, let's do life together, you know? Right. And, and, like, that has always... I I think regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, you want to do life with other people, right? You know, and and I think if you can if you can do life with a Christian home group or or do life with a, a group of people that you get together and you have the same things in common, um, that is worth a lot. Being seen, being heard, um, being missed. You know, um, we're we're a society that texts each other and likes each other on Facebook. But when it comes to getting together, we've kind of gotten away from that. Right. And, you know, we're all just sitting in our homes watching Netflix. And we really need to just, we really need to connect. Not because it's the right thing to do, but it, it's something that feeds our soul. Mm-hmm. And we all need it. Yeah. Well, as always, we hope we made you think. It's always going to be the purpose of this podcast. Um, if you want to reach to us, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash um, Wolf Sheet Pod. Uh, if you want to reach me, uh, you can reach me at four the number four C S Lewis L U I S at gmail.com. 
If you want to reach Matthew. Uh, it is bigfishministry at gmail.com. And I'm also on face, Facebook, Big Fish Ministry. And then my blog is mattiewalk.com, M-A-T-T-I-E, walk.com. I, I completely ruined that last week. By the way, I'm sorry. What I don't you know do? if you've heard the episode from last week. Oh, but did I you think s- I told Gina. Madeira? M-A-T-T-Y. <laughs> yes, I'm an old lady. No, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> M-A-T-T-Y. Oh, no, it, it's funny. I don't like the name Matt. I don't want to be called Matt, but if you call me Maddie, I'm okay with that. It's more of a term of endearment. But you got to spell it right or you'll end up somewhere crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, from Luis Cavedo. And Matthew Walker. This is Wolf Sheep.